lift up that powerful name, the name of Jesus. Let's give him praise. His name deserves it. He loves you. He knows you. And he longs for us to connect with him and communicate with him. And let's take this moment right now. Dear Jesus, that name means so much. You've been singing about it all morning. Lord, your name represents the fact that you're all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient. And yet, God, in the name of Jesus, it means God saves, that you saved us, that you care for us. And Lord, because of who you are, you are our King of kings, our Lord of our lords, but you're also our Savior, and you're our friend. God, there's, there is no other love like your, your, your name, your person, Lord, means love. And God, we receive that. We need that, Lord. And we come to hear your word. God, I pray that it's, it's opened up, that you would speak from it, that you would use it, that I would step aside, and we'd know we're hearing right from you, Lord, this morning. And we pray that we'd walk out of here different than the way we walked in. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So good to see you, to be with you. My name's Ransom, one of the pastors here. It's great to be able to come and, and share the word with you this morning. And one thing, one more thing I did miss off of the announcements coming up next week is our, our Sunday where we're really giving opportunities, service opportunity Sunday, we're calling it. So SOS. You can remember it that way, Service Opportunity Sundays. And after each service, so right after the 1030 service, 1130, we'll be out there and we're going to have uh, tables. All of our service teams are going to have tables out in the lobby and, uh, and people there to answer questions and print pieces to give you. And I understand snack food to bribe you with to join their teams. I've, I've heard that's part of it. But, but in it, you're going to hear a lot about the great volunteers we have and opportunities you can check out. Maybe you want to try and serve on the team as well. We'd love to, to have you and to, uh, to know that when it comes to this t-shirt, that means you too. We love our volunteers. And it, it really is great to be here this morning. I just want to ask uh, for the guys in the room, especially especially if you're married or a significant relationship, how do you guys do with Valentine's Day? Oh, wow. Okay, a couple women said they did a good job. Okay. A lot of quiet women in here. I don't know if that's a good thing. Okay, how many of you guys, like, you forgot it was Valentine's Day? Anybody? Oh, you're not raising your hand. <laughs> you're just coming to church praying for redemption, right? Okay, so, well, anyway, you know, hopefully you didn't do the deal where, like, you went and you got, like, a Chia Pet at Walgreens, like, the night before or something like that, but if, if maybe you didn't do all that maybe you could have, have done, guys, we've got a, a break for you, we've got a, a good word for you, and that is uh, coming up in April, April 12th, it's a Friday night, we have a Love Your Marriage event, and this is going to be a lot of fun, it's going to be a Friday night, you're going to be able to come, you're going to be able to uh, hear and connect and listen to Dr. John Trent, and he is an amazing speaker, nationally known author, uh, we've been able to be, be friends for some years. You'll see him a lot on Focus on the Family. You'll, you'll hear on the podcast and so forth. So we are really, really fortunate to be able to get him to come here. And he's going to be here and do a, a couple of uh, like mini sessions there. It's going to be a lot of fun. The cost for it is, is $30. A big chunk of that is for the book that you get with it. Uh, that's the, the, two, the two kinds of love. And it's going to be a great tool for you in your marriage. So if you're looking for something that you can do now, 
to help kind of redeem yourself, go online, newlifeonline.com, check on the events. You can sign up for it and say, Happy Valentine's Day, and all will be forgiven. No, but if, but if, you, uh, if things went well, the guys are doing well, you know you're always looking for things to make your marriage uh, or your significant relationship better, and so I encourage you to check that out. It is ready for you online now. We're really excited about that event. All right, so we're continuing on this morning with this uh, renovation of the heart series, and so far Tom has talked about uh, renovating the soul, the mind, the desires, the feelings, each one of those key and important areas. This week, it seems appropriate, since we're coming off of Valentine's Day, that we're really talking about renovating the heart proper. We're talking about the heart itself here in these next few minutes. And so it's, it's probably good, if we're going to talk about the heart, though, to, to, to clarify a little bit, what is the heart? When the Bible talks about the heart, what, what is it talking about? What does it mean? And so it means several things. For one is the heart is the place of wisdom in Scripture. For when we see things like, I know in my heart this or that. That's talking about the wisdom. That's talking about our hearts. Heart is a place that talks about what's important. Like he loved God with all of his heart, or he loved her with all of his heart. That's a, a sign of what's really important within who we are. And then the heart is a place where we make choices also. He said of David, he had it in his heart to do this thing. And so all of these things kind of wrap up. And so whether you're talking about emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually, it's nothing less than the core of who you are is your heart. So that's what we're talking about here this morning. And this is why, probably because it is so important, that Proverbs tells us and warns us to guard our hearts right? Because out of them flow the wellsprings of life. So this is really, really kind of uh, something that we want to dive into, we want to look at, and we want to uh, be careful and intentional about. But even with guarding your height, your heart, life happens sometimes. Doesn't it? Life just, just happens. You, you make mistakes. You do things. People do things to you. Uh, we, we get a lot of bumps and, and scars and bruises over the years on our hearts plus scripture lets us know something else uh, about our hearts and that is in jeremiah 79 god says the human heart is most deceitful in all things and desperately wicked find that on a valentine this year yeah just like here you go honey yeah it's scripture it's good for you no it's it's but it but it's true we we have something inherently there's this thing called sin and because of that each one of us is dealing with that in our lives and, and, and needs help with our hearts. So the good news, though, the good news here today is God works word to make it really clear that when it comes to your heart, you have a huge capacity for change, a huge capacity for change. This is the thing that David cried out for when he cried out to God in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a clean heart, God, in some verses, a, a pure heart. Oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. These are really powerful words. I looked it up in this, this word for create is the same word that's in Genesis 1.1 where it says, in the beginning, God, what? Created the heavens and the earth. This is the same word that God that created the universe created your heart and cr create a clean heart within you, no matter what has gone on, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you. These words, uh, renew here, means to repair and rebuild. The word restore means to recover 
and refreshed. So when we're talking about renovating the heart, we're talking about taking this area of our wisdom, our emotions, our thoughts, our desires, and getting help to change them, to, to cleanse them. This is what David cried out for him in this psalm. But, but the, the question, though, is what is this change, what does renovation look like in real life? We talk about renovating the heart. We want to kind of get down to the how-to. I had to, years ago, a woman that went to the church came up to me. I wasn't preaching that Sunday, thank you, Lord, because she was not that flattering of the message. She says, Pastor, can I ask you something? I said, sure, what? Why do you spend 95% of the time telling us what we ought to do and 5% of the time of how to do it? I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> and, we, and I fall into that. We, we all do at times. You know, we're, we're kind of talking about what's behind it. But talking about giving you practical steps about how to change something, uh, that's something that we want to do as well here uh, in, in all that we do, in all of our ministry. And so, so we're going to talk about this thing, renovating the heart. And we're going to jump right into some practical tips for you. And uh, for, for, we're going to talk about five tips to renovate your house, your, con your heart. Sorry, <laughs> I jumped the gun. Okay, I, I tip my hand. I'll go ahead and get into it. So, tell you up front, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a home renovation expert. I don't want to, you know, you probably heard other people say it uh, about me. I wouldn't say it about myself. But the, the reality is we did a home renovation. We were one of those, those families that did that during COVID because there wasn't anything else to do. And so, so we went after that, and, uh, and so it, it happened. It worked out really well, and we kind of became experts. HGTV was talking to us about doing a show, and we we're going to call it the, the Bald and the Beautiful. It was going to be awesome, but they, for some reason it, it did, got stalled in development. But, uh, yeah, it's, it was quite an experience. And so it, it kind of in processing, when Tom came out with this idea of, of uh, renovating the heart, like, oh, renovation, I got that, I, can, I, know, I know about that, and so it kind of came to me, some of the things that, that we had learned in the renovation of our home process, recognized a lot of it kind of applied to this idea of renovating the heart, and so it's with that mindset that we're going to come into these tips for you on renovating your heart, right? So number one, the first way to renovate your heart is to choose the right contractor, choose the right contractor, uh, how many of you ever have chosen the wrong contractor to do something in your house? Anybody out there? Okay, yeah, a lot, a lot of us know what that's looked like. And, you know, it, it, at best, it's kind of like they, they don't show up, <laughs> right, those kinds of situations. But the worst is we've had uh, some folks come in and painted our cabinets the wrong color. Uh, I mean, totally different thing. Uh, on, the, on the deal, and I see some of you say, oh, man, that's nothing, and you've got stories. You know what that's like, and so it's really important when you're talking about a house, uh, really really making sure you get the right contractor, but we had, uh, fortunately for us, we had a really good contractor, um, and uh, matter of fact, I think we've got his, his face up there. Some of you guys know this guy, <laughs> our brother and friend Randy Barrett up here, and he didn't know I was going to do this this morning. He was in the first service, so we had, we had fun with this one, and so uh, he did an amazing job uh, on our house, and it wasn't just what he did, it was other people that he brought in to be a part and do more than we could think. So they showed up on time when they were needed, they solved problems, they did great work, and, uh, but if you want to, I recommend Randy, but he's like started his own business now, and he doesn't have time for you, so just, you know, just <laughs> let you know that we were the last one in the gate, and uh, so anyway, but... Uh, yeah, no, he, he, we had a lot of fun with this, and uh, we learned uh, a lot in this process. But he's a, a great example for us, was a, a great contractor 
and did great uh, work for us. Also happens to be a great friend. And so if you're looking for the home reno, I recommend, uh, would recommend Randy if he was still around. But if you're looking for a heart reno, I recommend Jesus. And this is what Jesus said when his disciples were following him. And he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Isn't that powerful to know that, that Jesus is the one who's building his church? And who's his church? That's us. He's building us up. He's building up his kingdom. He's doing that one heart at a time. And so it's probably not, not surprising that Jesus is talking about these from a building standpoint because he was a carpenter, right? He knew the trade. He knew what it took to, to build something, and he had a vision for what he was going to do for the fact that he was the coming Messiah. And so we see Jesus is the original builder of our heart, and so he's the right one to renovate it for us. And you, you, you really want to make sure, I learned in the process, you've got to get a qualified builder. You've got to get a qualified contractor. Like I watched Randy for a while do some electrical stuff because that's kind of, you know, especially what he does. And so I'm like, I look, but you know, I, I think I could do that. I think I got this. And so <laughs> my family's over there shaking their heads. No, it wasn't good. Uh, and so I started like working on, on like electrical switches in the hallway and so forth, which is was like a bazillion of them on this, on this hallway. And I'd love to tell you this great story about I fixed everything, but all I can say is to this day, our hallway is a dark and scary place. It's just, it's, it's not good. It doesn't need to flip this one and it stops that one and so forth. And I, I need Brother Randy to come back and, and help us. But uh, yeah, not good. And so having the right person do the work on your reno is, is a big deal. And that's never more so uh, than when it comes to our hearts. And so th th I, I love the picture in scripture that talks about the, you know, inviting Jesus in. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone uh, opens up the door, I will come into them and I will uh, eat with them. It was kind of the, the picture of closeness and, and, and sharing an intimate relationship. And so Jesus is looking for that. But Jesus doesn't come in without uh, our invitation to come in. And so that's why it's really important for us to, to actually make that decision to invite Jesus into our hearts. And it really just comes down to that, that simple verse that maybe a number of us learned when we were really young. That's John three sixteen, right? For God so loves, insert your name here, that whoever believes in him, if you believe in him, you'll not die, not experience spiritual death, but have eternal, everlasting life. Is that good news this morning? Is that good news we know the end of Can we just give God some praise for that right now? I feel like I could just stop there. And so if you have experienced that, you know that, you know what he's done. You know what he's worked in your life. But if, if you haven't, you, you say, I've heard of it, I, I think I've seen it, but I've never done that. We want to give you an opportunity to do that here in just a few minutes. So just a heads up that that's coming if you want to take advantage of that. And so, so in this, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Jesus not only doing work, doing the work of contract, allowing him to do it, that's, that's a big deal. He doesn't just come in and do the work without asking. One of the favorite shows that Keisha and I watch on HGTV is this show called Help, I Wrecked My House. And uh, you kind of get the idea of it from the title, right? People go in, they said, okay, I see what those reno people do. And so they go and they walk in and they see these holes in the wall and you know, tile chipped up and toilets in hallways. I mean, it's just crazy on this thing. People trying to do their own renovation uh, on their house. And then the experts come in and fix their fixes 
uh, for their houses. And maybe you, you can relate to that sometimes. You ever try to fix some things in your life and it only made it worse? You ever go through that? Man, that's discouraging. It's one thing not to try and kind of go, oh, well, things are the same. It's another thing to, try, okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna make this, we're gonna work on this relationship or we're gonna deal with this financial issue or whatever. And then it just seems like it gets worse. And in those moments, what God would want for us is to come to him, come to the ultimate builder, the ultimate repairer and replenisher and get his help. But so often we, uh, we stop short of that. We don't take that opportunity to step in. But God calls on us to make him the real builder, the contract partner of our, of our life. So that's tip number one. Tip number two in renovating your heart is to pay attention to the plans. Pay attention to the plans. Renovations don't just happen. They have to be intentional. For years, we were intentional about renovating our house. We were in there for 12 years before we did anything to the house other than just painting the, the inside. And so when the opportunity uh, came along to, to do it, we jumped on it. But we found that there's a big difference between wanting renovation, wishing for renovation, and actually doing, actively going after renovation, being intentional, taking steps. And that's important in house renovation. That's important in heart renovation. Not just, I hope God will do something at some point. Maybe I'll hear the right message or the right song or whatever it is. And someday, maybe God will, will do this in my life. But God calls us to be a partner with him, be intentional with him. It's him that does the work, but we have to invite him to, to do it. And so God as master builder wants you to know today about his plans. And so what he wants to let you know is, these are the plans right here. As he says in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You say, how do I know what God's will and plans are for me? Right here. So often I, do, I, I, I know we do because I know I've done it. I'm like, God, I, I want to know your will for, for my life. And the, the funny thing, there's a number of verses that say really clearly like what his will is in some things. Kind of sounds like a parent one time. Like, I love this one. I flipped the, you know, God, show, show me your will. He says, stop grumbling or complaining for this is the will of God. Okay, is there another scripture, God, that I could go to? Because that one's, you know, I don't know if I like that one so much. But there's so much, uh, so many principles in these plans for you if You'll take the time to, to read them, to time to find them. I was thinking about just uh, you know, the examples right now of uh, in Valentine's week this last week and thinking about relationships and what kind of plans, what kind of guidelines does Scripture have for relationships. And here's just one example that comes up fairly often. Uh, what if someone's saying, you know, God, what's your plan for me with my boyfriend? I know he's not a believer, and I am, and I just want to let, you know, just you know, lead me, guide me in the relationship. Well, Scripture happens to, to say, the plans happen to say, in 2 Corinthians 6, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? These are rhetorical questions we're getting, right? And that's, that's tough. That's straight. But it's not vague, <laughs> And so to say, you know, God, I want your will. And he's saying, do you want, do you trust me enough that I know 
in this situation what's better for you than you know yourself, even though it totally contradicts your feelings. Man, that's, that's where faith, that's where rubber meets the road right there, right? It's in the, it's in the tough places, not the easy places. But the, but the plan is here. The guidelines, the guardrails are right here if we're willing to look at them. Some ways to, to pay attention to the, to the plan. Here's one way. Here's just a couple of simple ways to, to do that, to, to, to put more of the plan into your life, more of God's word into your life. Uh, you know, one is simply to, to do what you're doing right now, coming on Sundays, either here in the room or, or online, and hearing the word of God. As Pastor Tom is up here, as he's communicating the word of God, that you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm just deciding, I'm going to be there every Sunday that I'm not sick or I'm not out of town. I'm here. I'm making my mind up up front that I'm going to come and get that, in, that input into my life on a regular basis. Another thing you can do is, and it's something that we hand to you uh, every week, is these handouts. And you not only have the outline of the message, but on the flip side of this, you've got a study guide and it's just got some passages there that are easy to look up, some questions to ask yourself, and you do this, and before you know it, you're getting into God's word yourself. You're not just hearing it from other people, but you're digging in and diving into it yourself, and God's speaking to you in that still quiet that you might be able to give with him. And, and, and the other thing is, another way to do it is do it with other people, though. Do it with a spouse or a kid or a roommate. Whatever that is, do it, do it together. Often, you can learn more by by listening and hearing from each other and talking about what, what God's word means to you, what it means to them. So that's this I idea of us getting the plan in our lives, paying attention to the plan. So that's number two. Number three, third tip, and this is an important one, find a good crew. <laughs> find a good crew. If you want a good renovation, you've got to find a good crew. We found, uh, uh, I think we've got a picture up here of one of the crews here. These were some of the guys in the bathroom crew that came in, and it was such a difference. You'd have some guys like showing up solo, and they do things are there. Sometimes they did worked well, sometimes they didn't, but these guys that showed up in crews, man, they just like knocked it out, and it was, it was really interesting to, to watch. Watching these crews, we learned that each one really has a clear idea of what they're doing what they're there to do, what kind of value they bring to the situation. The other thing that we notice is guys who came in crews, really, they seem to like, to like each other, actually. They actually, you know, the way they talk and they banter back and forth and, and say stuff and everything, you could tell that they were friends, like they'd be going out, you know, uh, afterwards for, for lunch or something, that they, they felt really comfortable around. And what they were also, what they were able to, to do together was amazing, it was beautiful, the, the things that these guys could do together. So finding a good crew is really important. And this picture of how Jesus calls us to work together uh, kind of deals with that same area in Hebrews 10 where it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You know, we live in a world that stirs uh, each other up to not great things. When you think about stirring up, it's usually not in a good context. God's word encourages us to stir each other up to do good things to bless each other, to make a, a positive difference in the world. And that's what he's leading us to do. And he says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so this is one of the 59 verses in the Bible that talk about the one another's that we're supposed to do with each other in God's crew and the family of God. That includes statements like loving one another, accepting one another, forgiving one another, 
being kind to one another, encouraging one another. Oh yeah, did I say love one another? Did I get that one in? That's good, because it says that 16 times in Scripture. Love one another. Here's the point. Jesus wants you to experience these things through others and others to experience them through you. Let me ask you, have you maybe not felt that close or connected to God lately? Maybe you haven't really spent much intentional time with him. Have you maybe not felt that connected with other people in, in the church family? Let me suggest to you that, that that problem might be one of the same for both of them. Because did you know that one of the main ways that God has designed for you to experience his love is from the other brothers and sisters in Christ? It's through them. I mean, it always kind of mystifies me, like when people say, well, you know, I can be a believer, I can be a follower of Jesus Christ and, and not go to church. And we're like, yeah, you can, but it's like saying, I want to play football, but I don't want to be part of a team. It, it was never designed to be that way. It's not even talked about in those, in those senses in, in Scripture. And so it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not just what God wants from you. It's what, what he wants for you. And the ways that he can use other people in your church, in your small group, to come around you. And through them, you experience God. You know, we talk about loving God by loving people. Well, very often, God chooses people to show his love to us. So if we're not in relationship with each other, we can't experience the love of God that much in depth. I know we've had the opportunity to experience God's love and his presence in powerful ways. And in our family, one of the uh, greatest ways in, in recent years, as, as many of you know, about a year ago, we lost a daughter. And uh, we've been through loss before, but everyone's different. Every, each time is, is challenging, and, and this was no exception. And I just got to say, folks, we've got a pretty good crew here <laughs> because you showed up for us in so many ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and we saw God work. We experienced his love through you. I gotta say, Keisha and I were talking about it yesterday, the times we've most felt the presence of God has been in those low moments of loss, and very often it's been through specifically the things that the church family did for us, how they were there for us, how they cared for us. We didn't just receive it as, aren't these great, aren't these really great friends? Aren't these great people? They were, and they are. You are. But God wired it up for us to experience spiritually and emotionally the love of God through what his people do. We say the hands and feet of Jesus, right? When we give that, when we share that together, we, we sense the touch of him we sense his heart in our lives so if you're feeling disconnected it could be from your alone time with him or it might be from your time with other believers and the encouragement there is to step in and step up and i'd encourage you to check on the the, the box in the connection card uh you know about being involved in a life group we'd love to follow up on on that and get you into one and get you experiencing the love of a good crew who will be there to take care of you so that's number three, finding a good crew. Number four, tip number four, is realize, if you're talking about renovation, 
it will take longer than you think. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Anybody ever had one of those? Yeah, we thought our was going to take about maybe two months, maybe three. It took seven, seven months. It was a little rough. And we've, in fact, we've got some, some pictures here. There's our dog, Sydney there. And that's our back patio. And that's our furniture. And that's where our furniture was for many weeks. And, and we would, as they were chipping up the tile, I think we've got the chip up the tile thing. That's, that's, our, that's not the lunar surface. That's our, our floor in our room, the chipped up tile with that machine. And so what we do while this was going on, because it took some days, we had the furniture outside. Then at nighttime, we'd lay plastic down. We'd drag in the mattress. We'd sit it down. We'd sleep. We'd drag it back out. And then we'd do it another day. We were, we were stupid. But... Um, <laughs> It, it was, uh, was kind of rough. And of course, you got all the debris that's coming out and so forth. But this is, this is a lot like life, right? I mean, before you can reno, you've got to demo <laughs> some areas of your life. Sometimes you need to deal with things that aren't good or right in your life. And you've got to do, and it's hard, and it's not pretty. And it, you know, it can just feel like a lot sometimes. But, but to, to recognize, okay, there needs to be change and I'm going to create some space and room for God to do some things in my life. Sometimes I've got to get some things out of my life before I can get things into my life, what God wants to put there to benefit and bless me. And that's what we need to understand Scripture like uh, Galatians 6, 9, which says, Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I really believe that someone, someone needs to hear that today. You know, you're at that point and it's a low and you just don't feel the energy and you're thinking about giving up, giving up on this dream, giving up on this endeavor, giving up on this addiction, on this relation, whatever it would be. But God wants you to hear, don't become weary of doing good. Because even though it might seem like God is slow on his side, Scripture says that he's not. He says that he's already, he's always right on time, like it says in 2 Peter. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake, because he does not want anyone to, per to perish, but everyone to repent. The thing that you think God is taking so long, he's, he's not. He, he is always on time, even when it doesn't seem like it. We've experienced that in our lives. And so, you know, I, I find that, that often waiting on the Lord, though, isn't a passive thing. We're just like, I'm in this waiting room of life, and I can't, you know, God's got to do stuff before I do anything. I've found, personally, that the waiting room is a busy place very often. It's a place where God, he'll, he'll reveal some little things to do right in front, in front of you, and just do those things, and let him worry about the big picture. When he's ready, he's going to help you take that step, whatever that step is. And so spiritually, that might be the step of, of uh, there's opportunities on that card as well. You could check the box for, maybe it's baptism, or maybe it's starting point, or maybe it's joining a team. I don't know what it is, but pray and ask God to guide you in the steps he does want you to take as you're waiting on him to do whatever uh, work you think uh, that he is needing to do. And so realizing it will take longer than you think. And then finally, number five tip, realize it will cost more than you think. 100%, right? 100% is going to cost more than you think. It's just the nature of renovations. And maybe that's why Jesus, when his disciples were thinking about the, the work and the things that he was calling them to, to do, when people say, I'll follow you, Jesus, I'll follow you, Jesus, he had this to say to them. He says, don't begin, don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? 
What's he saying? He's saying, if you want to be my disciple, uh, be my follower, you can't be in this halfway. You've got to be all in. It doesn't work halfway. You've got to be the, the one that's saying, okay, God, it's, it's all of yours. You take all of it. I'm going to follow you whatever it looks like, however, however you want to do, God, we want you to do. And that's, that's important because, you know, we live in this world, in this society of, of just quick fixes. They promise, promise all the time things are going to be easy, things are going to be quick. You don't need to count the cost. You know, just look how great this deal is, and you'll get it. And I, I was thinking about all these ways we do that, like, a, you know, oh, you can get this online and buy this. Five easy payments. You ever see that one? Five easy payments. Or they say, you know, sign up for this service. It's for the low monthly rate of this. What they don't really promote is the fact that as soon as you turn your back they jack it up to this right before before you look around or all those like drug commercials that they have you know basically promising you know if you use this medicine then it's going to clear your skin up of course you might explode but uh you know it's just like it's a lot of list of things that could go wrong but just trust don't worry about that this is a good thing i'm saying don't worry about counting the cost but god wants us to count the cost in our faith and with our eyes wide open to step out and step up and to trust in him with whatever it is that we're dealing with, however, however he's leading and guiding in our lives. Realize it will cost more than you think, but it will be worth it. I do, do have one little picture here of some of the, one of the spots. There's the kitchen. Afterwards, they did an awesome job. And here is some lazy young adults from our church hanging in on our sofa. No, no. The point of this one, it's been not only for our family, but it's been a huge blessing to have members of our church family come and, and for us to host and to use it to bless them. And that's the nature of all God's blessings in our life. We want to pray and God, bless me with this or that or whatever it is, but God, bless me to be a blessing. It's never just about us. It's always about other people. Amen. Let's take a moment right now and let's go to him as we close. Heavenly Father, we are just deeply grateful for your love and your care. And the more we get into your plan, the more we, we see how intentional you are, how much you care, how, how much you're there for us in the low time and you rejoice with us in, on the mountaintops. And God, we, we pray, I pray that you would take these these principles from your word and god let them sink sink in for some of us it's like oh, i know that and it's a good reminder others of us say hey this is the first time i've even heard this and god i pray you would bless them and and plant seeds in their life to to spring up in good fruit in their life and and lord we we don't want to leave this place without giving people that opportunity to to hear the knock on the door of their heart of christ and to open up the door and let him in. And so I just want to invite you, if that's your heart's desire, you've heard about this thing called a relationship with Christ, you've been, you know, maybe it's your first Sunday in a church in a long, long time, but you're here, and it's not a coincidence. If you would like to invite the great contractor, the great builder of your heart into your heart to start doing those renovations, I invite you to say this a simple prayer. It's not the words, it's the thought and intentions of your heart. That's simply to pray, Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe that you're God the Son, that you died on the cross for sins. God, I believe I'm one of those sinners, so forgive me with the forgiveness that you provide on the cross. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And help me to be the person you've always designed me to be. And with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, just want to, as a, as a first step of faith, no one else looking around but me, but if you just prayed that right now, would you just raise your hand up just so I can know and be praying for you this week? Yeah, right over here on my right, bunch there in the back. God bless you guys. 
on the right and my left right here in the middle. I see you. God, thank you. And God, I just pray over these people. We thank you for new brothers and sisters as a result of your word today. And I pray they wouldn't leave here without talking to at least one person or just checking the box. Either I made a decision for Christ today or I'm interested in finding out more about Christ and dropping that in one of the boxes at the back. What a privilege it would be to follow up with them, God. And we pray this all in Jesus' amazing and beautiful name. And all God's people said, amen. Can we just give a hand for, there was a number of people that made that decision this morning. We're so thankful. We're so grateful.